I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably be lost for words. And welcome to another edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. We are back for another major championship, this time the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. I am joined, as ever, by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. As ever. Hello, Tom. As, ever, as ever, he is there. Uh, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago we had technical issues and then about 30 seconds ago we had technical issues. But he is now here, Jason, on the line with us. And the chuckling man in the background is Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Hello, how you doing, Tom? You good? Yeah, good, good. Good to have the three amigos back for the major championship for the second time this year. Um, I guess, firstly, a couple of big wins, I guess. I don't know, one of them probably not big, but Simon Forstrom on the on the DP World Tour. And then Jason Day, obviously, on the uh, PGA Tour at the Byron Nelson. Jason Day's uh, first win since 2018. Been a long time coming. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't save it for this week when I had a hundred to one uh, PJ Tour uh, PJ Championship ticket. But there we go. He uh, won on Mother's Day, which is especially important for him, uh, given everything that he's been through. Uh, so really, really happy to see him back in the winner's circle. And then Simon Forstrom, obviously coming to the four at the Sedal oh, Open. He was my player to watch, my sole player to uh, watch on the DP World Tour this year, Simon Forstrom. And I, I, I remember uh, when we've spoken about him and. Uh, <laughs> on the player to watch um podcast and i said kenya like, that's where i want to take him kenya and yeah obviously you look at the leaderboard always at the sadao open and you always see players turn out this crossover form uh from kenya and i'm i'm pretty pissed off at myself that i didn't even i didn't even really consider him and then he's got the win on the challenge tour as well so i feel like i've uh i've really missed out there it's a bit of a stinger so basically you had a 50 50 percent chance of picking him Right, and you've decided to just completely ignore it. Yeah, it's, uh, absolutely shot myself in the foot. There. <laughs> it sounds like golf betting, though. Uh, it does. It's golf betting in a nutshell. You know, I think I think really for me, um, you know, especially with Jason Day, in a way, he was like, I, some people were a bit concerned about missing him and things like that. But he was like twenty to one last week at most. He, he just he was most, coming off yeah. had those vertigo issues. Um, at Augusta in the final round, so I was I was fine with missing that, and I actually think he could go well again this week. Um, mm-hmm. Jason, any takeaways from last weekend? I still haven't forgiven Simon Forstrom. That uh, hmm. uh, no, it wasn't his fault. In the whatever it was, uh, whatever it was, Viking Challenge uh, in 2000 and whenever it was, um, I was on. As I keep saying every time his name gets mentioned, <laughs> wasn't his fault. Wasn't his fault. He hit the front and it got abandoned halfway through the final round. And they disqualified all the scores, which um, I think Paul Dunn. Was it Paul Dunn who won it in the end? Um, I'm pretty sure. Was it? No, it wasn't Paul Dunn. Uh, I have to think who it was now. But it was, whoever it was was his only uh, was his only win, and that really it's annoyed me for so long. It's unbelievable. Um, that's not Forsham's fault. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Brad, good call with him. Shame you weren't on. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was. Yeah, it was a bit of a depressing event, really. I thought um, Sadalfa from for us but you're right yeah you've got you've got the kenya stuff and you've got i think the thought process was right we just didn't get the uh didn't get the right player um and jason day was telegraphing a win anyway wasn't he yeah i mean he had to win at some mm-hmm. point it is i mean it's been put up enough this week um the mentions of fowler potentially is going to follow him in at some point very soon and it's just incredible how those two careers have sort of been at the top of their game then then they've both gone 
now they're both improving again. Dave's done it a bit quicker than Fowler, but you can see the Fowler's doing it. Um, and it's just, I think, but, you know, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But fair play, you know, he did well, didn't he? I mean, Scotty, really, you, you do, I know it's hard to win. It is hard to win. I appreciate that. But you have to question um, when you're one of the top three in the world. And, you know, Rory does it as well. Um, why he's not one from where he was, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not the same grade, obviously. But we said last week Moronk was in the mix that you expected Moronk to win. Um, and he went and done it because he was the best player there. And and you certainly expected Schiffler from, from hitting the front to go on and win it. And and really, it was a, not disappointing because, you know, things happen. Uh, but it wasn't, for example, like Ram against Finau, whereas Finau just played magnificently to beat him. Yeah. Ram did virtually everything he could. And Finau mm-hmm. was just better. I thought Scheffler was a bit pedestrian and... and it's not disappointing because he's, you know, he is obviously up there with the greatest in the world. But yeah, he should have won, I thought, personally. But hey, interestingly, I read, I read earlier and I didn't realise that um, that this was Jason Day's first ever PGA Tour win was at the Byron Nelson. So it's quite interesting that it's come full circle. Yeah, I think he actually had a playoff loss there as well. So he's got a decent affinity with uh, with the event itself. Um, I think I think the the trajectories I, I basically grouped together Rose Day and Fowler in in the group at the start of the year and Rose and Day have got their wins now so it only makes sense that Fowler would do as well uh, whether it would come in an event of this kind of magnitude I'm, I'm sure we'll find out this week but well we will find out this week but um you know it's yeah I, I think it's I think it's certainly interesting I think I think one of the things especially with the introduction of Live like. I don't know if Dave was really ever linked, but certainly Rose and Fowler were strongly linked to Liv. And I think they've kind of bounced back and shown what they can do on the PGA Tour and, and made the right decision in the end, I think, for themselves. Um, I was grouping kind of Adam Scott in the same bracket as well. But he's actually, when you look at it, he's actually got that win in 2020, which I kind of forget about sometimes. So it's not quite as long ago since he won. But even he opened up with a 63 and closed with a 63 last week as well, Scott. So... Um, certainly some interesting play from some veteran players uh, of late. But, yeah, I think I think going back to this this PJ Championship, we're now at Oak Hill. We were here in 2013, Brad. I think it's probably fair to say that we were here by name only and not really at this golf course 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, they've it's, com- it's been completely transformed, hasn't it? They've removed over 500, 600 trees. It's going to play completely different. Um, so yeah, it's going to be more about length off the tee. I mean, it's certainly going to help to pack a punch and like carry distance because you've got all them fairway bunkers, um, which you need to miss. So it's going to, you're going to be at a big advantage. I mean, you can never rule out the shorter hitters because they do just randomly pop up on the major leaderboards like the US Open stuff when you don't expect them to. But they're going to have to hit their long irons really well and uh, hit a lot of fairways. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, the bunkers are severely penal uh you know it's uh it's going to really be a full test like it's going to test every part of your game as it should do on a major and yeah i'm excited to see how it unfolds really am yeah i think so too i think when you when you look at it, kind of the key differences i think they've instead of it being sort of like thick rough around the greens trying to catch the stray balls there's some shade off areas that we've seen uh in other major championships recently obviously augusta has those as well um most of the, most importantly kind of the takeaways i had was that it was always a case of 
not so much being completely accurate and always being in the fairway, but having the right angle into the greens, I think is going to yeah. be important. And yeah. small greens here, Jason, you know, slightly bigger than like what we've seen at Pebble Beach for the US Open and things like that. But like there is there's a small target to aim for and, and those will need to find them regularly and to stand a chance of winning, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if not, you, I mean, it's it's not going to be a birdie fest, is it? So, no. you know, if you have got your, and I think we've got a good selection of styles of player. So if you have got your short game bang on, and you can just keep saving par, you'll be right there. Yeah. But equally, yeah, it does help mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you only need to take two putts for par, um, rather than that desperate up and down. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be it's it's going to be great. I mean, the only thing I'd say is that traditionally it's like it was like bolt on major. You know, um, certainly when it was the last one of the four, we said this before, certainly yeah. when it was the last one of the four, it was like bolt on major. When you look through the winners, yeah, you've got the odd shock. But it's incredible now. To yeah. be honest, it's not as it's it's I, I was really surprised to myself. It was like, oh, there's a shock, there's a shock, there's a shock. And there wasn't that many, to be honest. Um, and when you look when it's moved now from, uh, you know, um, from later on in the year back to May. Yeah. I've uh, only had a small sample, but you've got JT. There's obviously a pre, you know, previous winner of the PGA. You got Mickelson, who was the best player in the world if Tiger Woods never existed. Um, I know he was he was outside the top 50 at the time, a long way beyond the top 50 in 2021. But ultimately, you know, five-time major winner Morikawa, who then went on to obviously win win the Open, gag up, and Kepka, who's um, major machine, as I'm sure we'll discuss in a couple of minutes. Um, they're elite, and. Yeah. You know, that shock element maybe is just, I don't know why it's had that that reputation. It certainly had in my mind. And it's probably not justified. I think I think what it was is we had, I think there was a period of time, and, and maybe it's the period of time when a lot of people in, in this kind of circle, uh, maybe kind of a sort of mine and bread sort of age group, where you had, you know, Martin Kyra in 2010. <laughs> yeah, I was just, yeah, just what I'd say, it, and then you tell me I was wrong. So I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd put that in there straight away. But Martin Kyra 2010, Keegan Bradley 2011, Jason Duffner 2013, and then you had Jimmy Walker 2016. Y.E. Yang obviously beat Tiger Woods in that time as well. Like maybe everyone kind of thinks back to that Rich Bean 2002, but Sean McKeel 2003. But when you actually look at what they were doing before those tournaments as well, it's not even that surprising. So. And, and the thing that I took away, Brad, you look at the, the recent years, Brooks Koepka was winning for the second time back-to-back in 2019. Morikawa was winning his first major and first ever top 10 the major. But then Mickelson was winning his second PGA, Justin Thomas' second PGA. So three of the last four winners are two-time PGA champions. So I don't know if there's anything to that particularly. Um, but I think there are certainly in like Justin Thomas's eyes, like this is a different major to, to others. Like he comes here and he probably puts a little bit more importance into it um maybe just thinks it's one that he can win a little bit easier um so yeah i think i think there's definitely something to the style of major and i think it's definitely better than it gets credit for 100 mm-hmm. percent. and i think that alone it just it makes you it like just points you towards the top of the market and i think this course as a whole because it's so tough and because you need the whole of your game to be firing i think you just you, you do it just naturally expect one of the best players to win and i think you just have to look towards the top of the market and you just it's just tough to see anyone really below 50 to 1 I know you can you do get it occasionally but you just don't see it as much as often anymore so yeah I just I can't see it personally and that's why I focused a lot at the top of the market this week yeah so like when, when we were at the Masters I was I was obviously very keen on John Rahm he won at single digits or you know just you know, just short of double digits and I don't see that this time around I don't see Scotty or John Rahm particularly winning if Scotty wins and fair play it's going to happen 
Uh, I think it's a lot to ask for Rams to go back-to-back majors. Don't really see Roy McIlroy in the form that he needs to be to win uh, a major championship. I think he's he's really struggled of late. I think there's something wrong there particularly. But yeah. um, that kind of brings us to the next crop of players, and it's Xander Schauffele, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas. Um, Jason, kick us off as to why Brooks Kepka is the pick of that bunch. Well, I looked, I used tour tips and looked for um, performances of past 70s of, I think it was 7.3, it might be 7.350 and over yards. Yeah. And um, Scotty, I don't think, has actually got a victory uh, in conditions like that. I mean, he's done really well. He's got a couple of seconds, yeah. but he hasn't actually got a victory, which um, I was quite surprised about. Um, Rory, obviously, has got uh, Bridgestone. He's got plenty of form there. That was, that was a long, uh, that was a long uh, Firestone course with a long course, obviously got East Lake. But yeah, I, I just thought, and I appreciate that he could be too short, as Ben said in his column, but Brooks looks just a bit obvious to me. Um, mm-hmm. We know he's a major king. We know his record in the majors. You can look it up yourself. Um, bounce back at the Masters um, after playing well at Live, really. It's all he really cares about. Um, could he or should he have won the Masters? Probably not the way Ram was so consistent. Um, there's no question that Kepka was put off by the slow play of Cantley in front of him. Um, he looked to be getting a little bit tetchy, and that doesn't really help when you're trying to win a major. But he's got he's got the victory at Shinnecock, which is a, a massive track. Uh, obviously, he's twice two straight winner of this event. Um, Liv isn't anything, you know. Liv isn't the grind that this is going to be. Obviously, it's minus twenty. Um, and you know, this is I think the last three. Outings, yeah, like when the course hasn't been as difficult as today, I think the average is six under mm-hmm. the last three um, three winning scores, 10 under Duffner, four under Sean McKeel and six under Nicholas. So this is definitely going to be around what you're going to look at. Minus two, minus three, maybe. That's if the mm-hmm. weather's all right. Um, this is Kepka territory, isn't it? You've got an absolutely horrendous front nine where I think you've got massive um, par fours. They've got 500 yards plus... Um, Par four, 615 yard, par five, 480 yard, narrow fairway. Um, and then you've got the ability to attack on the on the second nine, drivable holes, shorter par threes, etc. It looks to me to be a, a course where the elite will shine. And with his with his form on those long courses, um, yeah, I just think Kepka looks very, very obvious. He said, and I've, I've put it in the article anyway, but um, there's a quote at Liv Tulsa where he says, mm-hmm. you know, he's just trying to tune everything up for next week. He likes the majors, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, that as well. yeah. yeah, and I just think, you know, there's another little twist, whereas him and his wife are expecting their first child. So, um, it, you know, there's just every motivation for him. He doesn't give us monkeys about the other 48 weeks of the year. Um, <laughs> and here he is. He's already proven he's going to do it. He's All that fuss about Liv mixing with the PGA Tour on their majors, that's all. That's all been done at the Masters now. Yeah. All right. Phil. Bill's decided to get involved. Again, but, you know that. That's Phil, and that's fair enough. He doesn't really have anything to prove. Whether you think he's a knobhead or not, for what he's doing is up to you. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really have anything to prove. And and you know all that's gone. All that fuss and everything doesn't mean anything now. Uh, Dustin's thrown a little bit of a spanner in the works by winning over the weekend, but again, that's a chip and putt. And I just think Kepka is only cares about this and and the U.S. Open really. Um. It's perfect for him. And, and you know, at, at round about 20 to 1, whatever the price you want to get, whatever the place is, he, he, I think he has to be in it because he just appeals more than, you know, the likes of Scotty and 
JT and, and Rory really at this stage. Yeah, so so earlier this morning I was I was I was quite keen on Justin Thomas in the sense that I think I think PJ Championship and I think Justin Thomas and I think everything was trending in the right direction and I thought it was just a putter only. And then I kind of thought about it and thought about the type of test it was going to be. I thought it might be, you know, the cold starts, a bit rainy. Like that just strikes me as like it could quite easy. I know he's obviously, you know, one of five under PJ just last year, but it just feels like to me not quite the Justin Thomas thing I want. I don't have to rely on the putter suddenly getting hot. You don't really have those question marks with Brooks Kepka at the moment in the sense that he's probably the one player of the elites that's really taken live seriously from the start in terms of wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he's, he's really, you know, it was only a matter of health that really ever held him back. Dustin Johnson winning, Cameron Smith losing in a playoff, DeChambeau and Kepka top five last week, I think shows a lot. Uh, we saw it in, at Live Orlando. It was basically reading in the spot for DeChambeau, and and that was it. Um, Neiman was in eighth place. Like it does seem very clear, Brad, that these players are tuning up for the major championships, and it makes perfect sense. Like and and like Jason's already alluded to, he only cared about these majors in the first place. It's not like he's really changing his tactics. He's on Live. He just he's just tuning up for this like a bit before. Exactly. Yeah. No, I saw that interview as well. Jason um, pointed out like he is just he basically just said he is just tuning up. Like it doesn't really necessarily get without saying it it doesn't really care if he wins or not this week it's just all about the tune-up it's all about the majors with Brooks Kepka. I mean four of his eight wins I think are um are majors um mm-hmm. and he's just I know as Jason said the live form is whatever you want to make it but he has continued to hit the ball really well since the Masters hasn't he said finishes of 11th third and fifth and yeah I mean the limited stats that we get but as you expect, it's like um, he's th- ball striking is just brilliant. Fourth in driving accuracy, 17th in driving distance, eighth in greens in regulation. It's all there. I mean, as Jason said again, like he's, he's I also looked at the past 70s. And uh, yeah, the one that stood out was Beth Page Black because yeah. that, that looks like the best comp for me, uh, which I just did in 2019, USPGA, which kept the one. Um, obviously, another ridiculously long, tough par 70 in New York. It's going to be similar climate, small bent grass greens, and uh, surrounded by tough bunkers. So you get to be on the ball around the greens around there as well. So it's similar to what I expect to see this week. And yeah, he won the US Open in the same neck of the woods that Shinnecott Hills. So it's just a lot to like. We know that Brooks loves these like tough, lengthy courses, you know, requires a mental grind. Um, so yeah, I, he had to he had to be on my card this week. I think he's uh, he's got it all to win. And that and at the Masters, he was obviously he ran out of uh, steam. Um, Ram had his number in the final round, but I think it's only going to give him confidence coming into this week that he can still compete with his players. So yeah, yeah, I no, I, I agree with it. And I think it's it's definitely a hybrid between a PGA and a and a, and a US Open this week in the sense of that Beth Page Black. Um, tournament may be the, the strongest indicator i think and as you've already said both of those uh the pga and the us open we were both in new york this is another one in new york whether i mean i don't know how much these things mean right i i, I think they mean quite a lot and, and i've factored in that substantially this week some people won't and if someone else wins that didn't have a win in new york or in the area before they're going to point out that it was pointless and that's yeah. just the way people deal with things, and, that, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 you can you can write them off, or you can't. It, it, I really don't care. It's, um, a, it's a long-term thing, Tom. You do what yeah. you can, and and it's if people judge it week by week, then, then quite frankly, like a 
Yeah, no, I agree. It, as long as it works, it works, right? And, and that's all that matters. So um, I'm happy enough to go with that process. And that process, in the end, brought me on to Patrick Cantley, Brad. I know you're obviously keen on as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that for me, and I'm guilty of it, I basically, I think we said at the start of this season that he needed to really contend in a major championship and, and potentially win one to take himself to the next stage. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, ninth at the 2019 Masters, obviously had a good chance there. Third at the PGA Championship in 2019. Eighth at the Open last year where he played well for a long period of time. Twelfth in the 2018 Open. Fourteenth in the 2022 US Open and the Masters this year. It's pretty steady, Brad. Like It's, it's, like it's, it is. it's better it is. than potentially being given credit for. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly by me, like I, I don't necessarily give him the credit that he deserves. Were, for that. were you on him for uh, Augusta at the Masters? <sighs> I can't remember now. Um, I don't think yeah. I was. No, I think I think I think I took Ram from the top and that was it. But like, mm-hmm. it was it was certainly a consideration. The fact that like, I just I just want because he's so unpopular, because he's so polarizing, because he even though the most like lackluster personality can be so polarizing, it's quite surprising. But because he's got that slow play issue he he just people just don't want him to succeed and, and that's yeah. fine but ultimately third at Riviera fourth at Bay Hill um where he's lit down by the putter 19th for the players uh he played well at the match play for a decent period of time he's fourth going into the final round at Augusta third at the Heritage where he obviously could have won um and then last time out at Wells Fargo 21st so he's playing insanely well and it's just it's just the off the tee numbers that are just absolutely yeah. ludicrous Brad, isn't it? It's just the way it's just the way he's driving the ball to me. Oh, that lights out. Yeah, absolutely lights out. Yeah. But, and the fact that he's got those two BMW Championship wins, which are obviously in the mm-hmm. in the in the area. So, to me, he loves bent grass greens. He loves mm-hmm. this style of tournament. He hasn't got the the real. I guess I've, I've never got there on a Sunday thinking Patrick Cantlay's going to win it in a major yet. Um, but not every like until we said I think we said this before Jason but the other day like you 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 don't know you're a strong winner until you are right or you you can't do it until you are whatever we said um and he's only 31 years of age he lost a, a decent amount of his career at the start due to injuries and things like that um I guess the one knock would be I think he's a, a low scoring merchant maybe compared to to others but nine under he won the Shriners which is a which is a weird score for that tournament. Um, obviously showed he can play in tough tournaments. He's played one at the Memorial with 13 under, um, albeit that was when John Rahm got yanked out. But, you know, I think he's shown enough, Brad, and enough um, versatility to suggest that he can play in this tournament well, and I think mm-hmm. he will. Yeah, definitely. I've been quite strong on Cantlay in the majors. I just do think he has the complete game. Obviously, he doesn't show it on the biggest on the big stage when you, you kind of feel like he should. Um, but I was on him at, the, um, at Augusta and obviously his third going into the final round and it was painful in the end when he finished outside the places. And I, but, you know, he, I, how much did you factor in the Joe LaCarver on the bag now as well? I mean, it didn't get a response at the Wells Fargo yeah. that everyone sort of expected to see. But, I mean, that experience surely will be invaluable in the majors and it's probably one of the reasons why you could have brought him in. I, yeah, I I think so. I think it's it's one of those where like if it was a uh, major, you know, like it was where Ted Scott come on Scheffler's bag for Augusta. Like if it was one of those mm-hmm. where it's like he came it's in got for Tory Pines, uh, yeah. where you know, then maybe. But like 
I didn't really factor in, but it can only, like you say, can only be a positive. Um, it could be a positive, yeah. When, I, when I, I'm, I'm looking at it as a positive personally. That's what yeah, I see. Yeah, and and when you say did you factor in, I only I only didn't in the fact that like I didn't need to like it like it just didn't really affect me. Um, and the fact that just to be honest, like you said, there wasn't an immediate uplift at Wells Fargo. But I think a lot of that was probably due to the fact that he just didn't like that golf course. I think so. <laughs> we'll soon find out. But I think you I think you can pull together Shuffle, Cantley, and Finau into this group of three that yeah. are all capable of winning this tournament, all have all of the form that you want to win this golf tournament. And again, just got to add that Beth yep. Page Black reference again, tied yeah, yeah. behind Kepka. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's just uh, that's that's his best ever major finish. This neck of the woods, and on a very similar like golf course, so that again just adds to um, yeah, Cantlay's chances this week. Which yeah, I think so. And and I think those three players, like I just I just think they can all win a major, and until they don't, they're all going to get the same knock. Um, yeah. And it's as simple as that. We've seen Shuffle not win a tournament he should have done recently. Cantlay's done it over the last couple of seasons. Finau's winning tournaments that they keep taking away from him because they're not as strong as people would like. Yeah. Um, Jason, why can Finau make this tournament the win that everyone wants him to have? Oh, I think I think Finau can definitely win this. Mm. Um, I mean, this is a you know ignore the two efforts in PGAs on the long PGA um, the long PGA courses that he's already t- taken part in. Um, He's he's a completely different player now. Five wins in 45 outings. Um, people are saying he doesn't win proper tournaments. So when he won the 2021 Northern Trust, that's oh, it's past 72, but it's 7,300 yard plus. You've got Cam Smith and John Rahm, obviously future major winners uh, behind him. He's got JT, five shots off the pace in fourth. Um, we know he wins back-to-back at 3M and the Rocket Mortgage, which is a Ross design, uh, goes to Houston, which is 7-4. Um, and absolutely gags up there again. I know it's not perfect, but you know you want to look slow, closely behind, and five shots behind is Patrick Cantley. Yeah. You fancy for this anyway. Yeah. So uh, you know it's either it's either good quality or it's not good quality. You make your mind up. Mm. I'm not having to go at you. I'm just saying. No, no, no. You know, no, either it is or it isn't. You can't you yeah. can't beat you can't beat Cam Smith, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and Patrick Cantley by five, um, and then say he's not winning tournaments that that matter. I think this um, is what I do. I do agree with Mexico, you, Chase, isn't it? That we said that yes, okay, the rest of the field isn't, but he's beaten John Rahm, and that's the main thing. That's the sort of person yeah. he's got to beat this week. Yeah, he was fifth to Kepka at Shinnecock. Um, he was fifth behind Rahm at Olympia Fields in 2020. It's a long course, um, and obviously at East Lake, he flew through the weekend. He can play there. I'm, I, I'm no, I'm no apologist for for Fee. Now I do think there are things, and I, I openly admitted that I thought Rahm was the better player when Fee now beat him, but. You know, you can only beat what's in front of you, and if if you play better, you beat them. Um, Tour tips, they're obviously their twelve week tracker. He's number seven in the all round listings. He's seventeenth in total driving, or he was over the weekend. It might it's going to have changed slightly with last night. Yeah. But basically, seventeenth in total driving, fourteenth full striking, twenty fourth for greens, twenty fourth scrambling, thirty first for pattern average, um, eighth in par four, which is huge this week. And we know mm-hmm. he plays long course as well, and he's thirteenth for. Uh, um, What's it called for par fives? Um, his best form in the PJ Championship is um, since the, the the move has been made from here to to outside of the of the other three, fourth, eighth, and thirty. The last three years, um, Tita Green's figures are stunning. Um, if he finds the fairway, and I've, I've very little reason to to think he won't, um, his elite uh, iron game is is going to hit the greens. 
And it's not. I mean, the one thing we 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 say about Tony Fee now, despite his Mexican winning, whatever it was under, um, is that you know you won't rely on him in a patting competition. Uh, you're not going to have to rely on him in the patting competition. He keeps finding green and two patting. Um, I, I think he's absolutely got a massive chance of breaking his major this uh, maiden this week. Yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of that. I think you know I've maybe just got too much Tony Finau scar tissue in major championships recently to, to jump on board. And that's because I keep thinking he's going to win the Masters um, and, and he doesn't. But ultimately, 10 major top 10s since he played his first in 2015. It's utterly ridiculous. And, and in that 2015, he finished 14th for the US Open and 10th for the PGA, which we were saying is a bit of a hybrid of that this week. You've already referenced the fourth and eighth he's got in the PGAs in 2020 and 2021, eighth in the US Open in 2020, third in the, in the Open in 2019. It's just ridiculous. Like he's always there. Other, it's actually the US Open where he struggled a little bit, but even he's either made the cut, he's either missed the cut or finished top fifteen. It's just, it's bonkers how well he is. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. Majors. yeah. Those greens, those greens are. Um, yeah. They they could probably going to find him out, aren't they? Mm. Um, but I think on 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 you know re- reasonably fair greens with his seated green game, he's and he is a miles better putter than he was. He's not perfect by any means, but. Um, you know, he knows if he hits greens and two putts, he's going to be in the top five at the end of this week. I think he's got rid of that. Like you, you, you saw him over a five footer and worried. I think it's more like his, his lag putting wasn't as good as you want it to be the way he's playing now. And you're not going to get as much of that on these small greens. So I think that actually any bad putters this week are going to be slightly mitigated, which is why I initially looked at Thomas. Like I think with the smaller greens, if you, you're either going to miss them slightly and be chipping on anyway, um, or, or you're going to be putting close. So I don't, I don't think there's necessarily too much of a concern. I don't think you can take putting out of things because you can't. And obviously, if you're bent grass green positive, then absolutely great. But um, I wouldn't kind of get as hung up on it as I would in other majors. Bringing me to uh, Victor Hovland in terms of short game woes. Um, I think that's the only reason to be against Victor Hovland at the moment is whether you trust him around these greens and how tough it's going to be out of bunkers and things like that. But at 28 or 30 to one in a place uh, for Victor Hovland. The way he's been playing is is superb. His tee screen game is everywhere. You look at his last two major starts. Uh, he was in the final group at St Andrews. He was in a penultimate group at the Masters, led after day one. He's four out of four for made cuts at the Masters. He's been the low amateur and finished tied seventh this year. He's three for three in made cuts at this tournament. He's two for four for made cuts at the US Open. But when he's made the cut, he's been 12th as the low amateur in 2019 and 13th in 2020, and he's two for two with tied 12th and tied four finishes at the Open. I think he's utterly ridiculous in terms of his consistency in major championships. It may look very similar to Tony Fee now uh, over the next couple of years in terms of those 10 top 10 finishes without you know without winning, but I'll keep taking the fact that he, he's almost... He's, you know, it's, it's not looking at him and thinking he's inevitably going to win a major championship. It just always feels like he's going to put himself there. And that's the main thing. I know, Brad, you've been on the Hovland a decent amount Definitely. this season. Like it's, it's it is one of those ones where he's he's not quite done it in the final rounds we wanted to. Bay Hill was probably the most notable um, players. He obviously worked himself up in the end. Mm-hmm. The Masters is a concern on the final couple of days. The, the St. Andrews obviously a concern on the final day. But it's all learning you know, all learning things. And he was 16th going into the final round um, at Quail Hollow and shot a final round 77. So that looks a lot worse than it was. Oh, he was true. actually um, fifth at the halfway stage at the Heritage and then had a poor Saturday. So that looks worse than it was. I think 
I can forgive an elite player a poor round when consistently he's been absolutely superb all season. It's just a case, Brad, I think, of whether that short game holds up. It's just going to come down to short game. I mean, his ball striking has been brilliant for the most part. He weren't really as on point at the Wells Fargo. But he's getting, as you said, the profile player that you just seem to expect to show up for the big for the big majors, you know. So as soon as a major comes along, you feel like he's going to put put it together. And uh, again, this is a a course that we've already said is just going to require like so much work around the greens this week if you're not hitting the greens. So it's it's that's the issue, and it is always has been with um, Victor Hovland and his weather. Uh, if even if he's just average with his uh with his chipping around the greens this week or out the sand then that will be he'll be up there by the end of the week no doubt and that and that shows because at the open championship he gained over a stroke around the greens and at the masters he was a slight gainer around the greens um Mm -hmm. it was the fact that he didn't gain enough around the greens at the masters as to why he couldn't hold on the end but when i was watching him it was more the fact that he actually um wasn't hitting the greens that he's accustomed to in, in round three as opposed to and round four as well as opposed to actually the around the green around the green trouble so to me when you look at it he's he's gained around the greens at the match play gained around the greens at the masters yes he's lost the last two but he's also lost an approach at wells fargo due to a bad uh round so to me i would rather look at the steadiness of the off the tee numbers in every event going back to you know, the start of the year and, and even some back in, in 2022 as well, he consistently gains off the tee. Like, it's as simple He's as that. a monster off the tee, yeah. It's yeah. Like up there with Cantlay this year. Like yeah. Consistency off the tee. And that's, as we said, it's massive this week. There is a, there's a slight concern that he did, if, you, if anyone's seen the airport video, he looks like he's had a, an instant with some <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> He doesn't, he doesn't look particularly well, um, <laughs> but I'm sure he's absolutely fine. Uh, maybe he's gone white with fear of chipping around the greens, but so what? Um, I'm going to go with it. I, I don't think the around the green games are as quite as troublesome as as it has been. And I think, again, I'm willing to overlook that uh, on this golf course where I think everyone's going to have a few troubles. Like no one's got it's not like we're going to Augusta and there's so many people that are so much better at chipping than he is. Like, I think everyone's going to have new things well, to learn, even yeah, the ones that play the playing field. I think everyone might have trouble. Yeah, that's a good way of looking yeah. at it. So um, that was that. And then Max Homer, like I, I think for me. This was a late addition uh, for me and Max Homer, but he's just been playing so well. And the, the knock has always been he can't do it in the major championships. This is the sixth best player in the world without playing well in the major championships. He's only got one top 15 finish in a major, and it was in this event 12 months ago at Southern Hills. He went into the final day in 10th place, shot a final, power, shot a final round of one over par and slipped to 13th. But... He's then made the cut of the US Open. He's made the cut of the Masters. He was actually going pretty well at the Masters until the restart after the weather delay. And then the final round of 78 saw him fall well outside the top 25 that he could have made. When you win at Quail Hollow Riviera and Torrey Pines, I don't care what anyone says, you're capable of winning at majors. So whilst everyone's kind of waiting for that uh, US Open in California, I think an event that plays completely into his strengths uh, is this one. He's ninth in approach, 13th in tee screen, 10th in putting, 26th around the green, 22nd in total driving, and third in approaches from 200 to 225 yards. He's an absolute monster. Um, he's won in uh, TPC Potomac, which is kind of in this area of the US. I do get why everyone's waiting for him um, 
in LA. I understand that. But for me, I'll take the 35 to 1, 40 to 1 nearly about him, um, that he can do something here. I just think that eventually water finds its level and the sixth best player in the world uh, can definitely do that. Three wins since this tournament last year or around this time last year. So uh, Max Home. What do, you, what do you put it down to his form in the majors? Directly? It's just, it's just got to be a mental block. It's, it's, it's got it's, to be mental, like, yeah. he, like, he missed so many cuts for so long in them that he's, it's taken him a while. To there really isn't much of a weakness in his game, is there? Really? No. Like, he's like, he, he's longer you than you like, think. Like a Zander or Cantlay, you just can't yeah. really see a weakness. Um, I I, th- I purely think it's... I was always really shit at these tournaments. And despite the fact I'm the sixth best player in the world, I still think I'm going to be slightly shit at these tournaments because <laughs> I haven't earned it yet. Um, and until that changes, uh, it's just... it's just. I thought the 13th place finish at the PGA might change it. It didn't. Um, he's 47th and 43rd since then. But made cuts... As you said, though, as you said though it's, it's, it's a matter of when, isn't it? Like, yeah. With his... CV is just a matter of when. I, I think you know we we we're backing a couple of them here. We're backing Cantlay, who's not not one one. Um, we're backing Fina, who's not one one. I know that they've obviously shown a lot of form in them, whereas you know Homer hasn't yet. But also, I'm pretty happy to you know I'm looking at Max Homer since 2021. I don't really care what he was like in 2019, 2020. You know, even I know he won in 2019, but it was a shock, and he beat Joel Damon. Since then, he's beaten Fina, McNeely. Um, you know, Fitzpatrick Young, I know Danny Williams was a bit of an odd one, but uh, Bradley again, like in, in good form. So to me, I, I just think the way he's been playing uh, is it's really hard to avoid. He's been 13th and 6th in the players the last two years. He got out of the match play group this time around for the first time. I can't see why it's not going to happen at some point. Um, if this is a person that wants to, you know, stake his claim in a Ryder Cup and all that sort of stuff, then he wants to sharpen these tournaments. So I'm going to take him in the hope that he does it before the US Open. Everyone else is going to be on. It's scary how many people back him for that week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I think actually a lot of people are going to back him for this week. Like when it comes to it, I think people yeah. are going to see 35 to 1 or 40 to 1 in a place about the sixth best player in the world. Take it. Um, so we shall see. But at the same prices, or maybe just slightly bigger, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Jace, who was definitely on my list. Um. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought we go. Oh, is, T- is Till Short and Decky now? Is he? He is. Oh, uh, okay. Wasn't expecting this guy yet. We can go to Decky first and come back. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no, no. You can do. You can do Hatton. Um, yeah. What do you want? Um, uh, fourth time, uh, Justin Rose. Well, I mean, my point was that I was going Decky, and then we were going to two grinders. But, yeah. but you know, we'll do Decky because Decky's. Um, or do you want to do Hatton? Either one. You do what you want, mate. Whatever makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, actually, you say about grinders, um, Matsuyama's short game yeah. is pretty bloody amazing as it well, to be honest yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, Decky caught the eye for me um, Friday and Saturday at the Byron Nelson. Um, I tweeted that I, I was on at 40s. Obviously, took less places than you can get today. but And, and through Saturday and after somebody had, um, I can't remember who it was, after somebody had replied with his interview that said that his neck's killing him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I was sort of regretting it, but thought, OK, well, he pulls out, says he's injured, and gets gets right for the um, for for the PGA. You know, he comes off for fifteenth at Texas, sixteenth uh, at the Masters um, earlier on in the year. And what things that I like were the top ten, um, uh, sorry, Pines. Um, and I just thought, you know, he looked to be trending in the right direction. And and, and those two, those two first two rounds looked absolutely superb to me, to be honest with you, especially for a major winner that's trying to get back. 
Um, so it, it did put me off, but I thought I'll stick to him. And then he come out on Sunday and he performs fantastically. I mean, Saturday he stalled at the par five ninth. Um, he didn't make birdie there. And then the back nine was just a bit of a disaster. I think it was one over for the back nine, nothing special. And I thought he's going to fade away and what the hell, he's going to be 66 to one on Monday morning. Hmm. And he comes out last night and hits five under. And he's hmm. still moaning that he's not right. Um, I've just, I read an interview before we came on. I mean, you cannot read a more negative interview for somebody that you need to be performing in three days time. Um, I mean, he's absolutely exhausted, he said. In fact, he was exhausted before the final round, which he hit five under. Yeah. So he's absolutely exhausted. He's got his feet strapped up. He hasn't hit a golf club for, uh, he hasn't gripped a golf club for a month before this week. Obviously, his last out was at the Masters. And everything is so negative, but I'm, I don't care. I'm ignoring it. I've had enough of reading all this, all this stuff. I don't, I, yeah. You know, I, you, you used to come on and say, you don't do it so much now, Tom, about how he's on X and X is on Instagram saying I'm flushing the yeah. ball, blah, blah, blah. Butch comes on and tells everybody how much this person is flushing it at the range and all that. Or not. I don't care. I don't care. No. Right. We've all made money. We've all made money doing it our way. So I'm ignoring all that and just going along what he actually does. Uh, 2022 was a, a freaking disaster for him. Um, numerous injuries, neck, etc. Uh, we drew from the players, Texas, 3M, Jude and Houston, and yet still won at the Sony. Was third at the Byron Nelson last year. Flew at Brookline, uh, which was very, very difficult. Obviously, Fitzpatrick won at six under the par. Um, and then he got a top 10 at Eastlake, uh, where his third round, 63, equaled McElroy, Thomas and Ram for low round of the week. So I, I'm finding it hard to read him. I just thought there was so much encouragement there. Obviously, he's got two top fit set finishes there at Torrey Pines. Um, Sorry, uh, find me a bit of paper. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Torrey Pines and uh, Sawgrass. Yep. Obviously, top grade competition. Um, he was uh, ninth after three rounds in Hawaii at the beginning of the year, 12th after three rounds in Texas, and he was fifth going into the final round at Augusta. Um, I don't know how well he is. You go by his his interviews, you don't want to be anywhere near him. But there's there's so much there. He's got 10 out of 10 cuts at the PGA in every format, whenever it was held, long course, short course, doesn't really matter. Um, obviously, he's taken part here in 2013, where he was top 20. So, although it's a different course, he, you know, it's at least it's some positive feeling coming into it. Well, you, um, you could say, sorry, Jace, to cut you off, but like you could say that it actually suits him more now because if he's right, it plays to his, like the, the driving aspects. It yeah. plays into his strengths more than it did when it was a shorter course. Yeah, my worry is that he's protecting his neck, and therefore the driver has got to ride a bit. That that is. That is yeah. a worry. I, you know, mm. I'll put it up. And I, I think there is a case for saying that he is playing within himself. And and when you're playing at 7,400 yard track, I'm not sure you can do that. Um, so so I've got a slight problem. I mean, you have to go back. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like to me, with with that, the only counter I'd have to that, and I don't know why I'm trying to bolster your pick when I'm not even on him, but like <laughs> my, my my point would be that like there's going to be a lot of players that can't hit driver everywhere because they won't be able to carry it as far as you need to like they're talking about 320 yard carries anyway there's gonna be a lot of players that are gonna have to lay out with free woods and short positions and things like that anyway so maybe he just does that and that's the way he goes around i mean it, you don't want him to and at 600 yard par fives he's gonna have to do it but i mean talk about negativity your your next one would be the best one for being negative <laughs> on themselves but um <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I think he's I think he's okay. I think he's, he, there is a there's a concern. Like you look at the injury report, he's questionable for back, neck, wrist, and ankle. 
Um, so every, every single part of his body is broken. Um, Do you reckon that's why he's saying he's exhausted, but because he doesn't even get any downtime after the goal. He's probably <laughs> yeah. just like in therapy. Well, do, you know or... do you know what? I mean, if he hasn't, here's the thing: you've got to balance this. It's really difficult. I think you've got to balance the fact that yeah, he has. If he genuinely hasn't played, so he hasn't walked seven thousand yards every day yeah. since the Masters, he's going to obviously be a bit tired after mm. playing. So. I can't work out if he was that bad, why he played the last round at Craig Grant. Um, I don't get that because I think he could quite easily have said, look, I want to be ready for next week. I'm not playing. And when he does play, you're thinking, oh, he's going to hit two over, fall down, the, uh, you know, finish 58th or whatever. And he doesn't. He does. He hit 66, which equals the best round of his week. I, I, I genuinely don't know. All I think is that it's big if, and, and um, on Romford Dog Track, there was a, used to be this giant IF um, on what the dog track as you walked out, if 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 you know, in the old, um, if my auntie had been to a shopping trolley thing, yeah. But we can't we can't work on ifs. So what I saw and what the way I think he's trending and his overall game, um, what he did at the Masters when really we weren't expecting that to happen, um, to be honest, but to be in the you know top half a dozen at the end of three rounds, there's something there. And it, it will happen again. It may not be this week. It may have to wait till, you know, you know, July, August, September. It will happen again. Um, but there we are. We're on. And, and, and well, it's you know, same life. question marks are over Spieth as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah similar. Absolutely. But at least he took the week off. Yeah. I know he had yeah. a person, but at least he took the week off. Whereas this is what I don't get, Brad. I don't understand why it was so blatantly obvious that he felt he was injured, whether it was. Yeah, why even not. go through it? Yeah. Why would you carry on? Yeah. Why would you carry on? So, you know, anyway, I, I'm, I I'm happy. I'm happy. I think his stats are great. Eighth in greens in reg last week. Third at Texas greens in reg. Uh, seventh for approaches last week. Uh, short game. He still remains uh, one of the elite. Um, uh, you know, look after himself. And I think um, I think he'll be right there. You don't have to do too much. And, and uh, yeah, I'm happy. I, I back him Augusta. Like I think he's just gonna. I think at some point he's gonna win a big event at fifty to one, and it's just it's as simple as that. Like or forty to one, fifty to one, or whatever. And you, he's, you're not gonna. It's not gonna be one of those where you go, oh, his his neck and back have all cleared up and he's ready to go. You're not gonna hear that. He's gonna be questionable with back, neck, wrist, and ankle every tournament. Yeah, and he's eventually gonna win one. Um, if, if we'll do a quick one before Jason goes into his next bit, we'll do a quick. I'm gonna do a quick rundown here of who has got these ailments. So Hideki's questionable with back, neck, wrist, and ankle. You've got Aaron Wise, who's day-to-day with his mental health. You've got Jordan Spieth, who's questionable with his left wrist. Jason Day's day-to-day with his vertigo. Wyndham Clark, probable with his right knee. Tom Kim, probable with his right wrist. Ryan Fox, pneumonia, paternity leave. I think he's probably over both of those. Uh, Rob McIntyre is back. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, wrist, hamstring and vertigo, apparently. It's an interesting mix. Um, Alex Noren and Kevin Kisner, UD, I assume means undetermined. Uh, Nick Taylor coming back from uh, paternity leave doesn't strike me as something that we should be probable for. They're they're back. They're not they're not working in an office, are they? So um, Andrew Putnam questionable is back. Callum Turin questionable. Uh, Lee Hodges right wrist. Davis Love the third is a withdrawal. So I don't know why he's on there. Um, there we go. That's that's the injury report in a nutshell. Jason Tyrrell Hatton is probably apart from Hideki Matsuyama maybe now the most negative person on the entire earth. Um, I I think it's a bit and a bit that he's bought into. I know it as someone that does it myself. Um, but he shot like 64 the other day and said he was shit. 
Yeah, apparently, apparently there are some miserable people that aren't really miserable as well. Um, yeah, that's me. I don't, I don't know anyway. <laughs> um, you know, it's just an act, isn't it? And Tatton's playing on it, and it's absolutely fabulous. He had a shot the other day that they put on, um, which drifted left. I think it was drifted left and long on the breeze or something like that. And he went, that's a bloody good shot. That was. I don't know what's happening there. That's a bloody good shot. <laughs> it's great. I, Hatton has to be mic'd up. I would permanently, we're a bit like, um, what's that film um, with Jim Carrey? Um, oh come on come on man the film Which with one? jim carrey where it's not really his life he's i know i know you're on about but i can't oh my I god can't i can't remember what it's called look it up when i'm talking anyway oh, well. um, you carry on talking i'll find it yeah 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 i think it's like that i think hatton's just playing a character and i and i think it's absolutely bloody it should be the, tr- the truman show you're on about yeah that's what it is this is the hatton show yeah when he goes onto a golf course it's the hatton show he knows everything and i've always said it I don't care where they are. Just pair up Hatton and Spieth and give them both my both microphones. It's it's yeah, absolutely a hundred percent. He's box office. He really is. absolutely just they're both just awesome. Yeah, in their own way, they're both just absolutely brilliant. But anyway, Cullen story. Back to what we're here for. Um, <laughs> Why is he going to go? Well, we <laughs> we um, I, I think we discussed this earlier, as well as looking for people that obviously can make putts. Um, not the Hatton can't. We're looking for grinders, and and Hatton to me is is like everybody is is complete grinder you know um recently fourth place behind a certain justin rose that you might talk about in a couple of minutes yeah at bay hill runner up at sawgrass top 20 at harbour town third at quail hollow um and then last week's top five at byron nelson he was brilliant over the weekend i think he burned the last three holes didn't he at craig ranch um that shouldn't have worked he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been lined up with people that that are um birdie fest people uh, but he managed to do that and the fact that he can do that and also has his short game skills is is something we really need to look at uh seven for tita green last week fifth around the green 30 second for putting uh uspga form uh eight out into two top tens 13th to southern hills he was top 10 at halfway um he's got top five in detroit which is a ross thing he's got top 10 at sedgefield um obviously he's won at bay hill as well in the past in brutal conditions was Christian Bez, Bez window how second wasn't he there? I think. Or am I talking rubbish? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so you've got absolute grinders first and second there. Um, yeah, uh, I thought last night might completely wreck his price. I don't think it has. Um, and I think, and I've written it down. I think on the article, uh, every champion apart from Mickelson um, since 2006 has finished in the top 25-ish, top 28 in their event before the major. So I was really happy to see him finish fifth. Um, yeah, he's red hot form. Of course, he's going to absolutely suit him. The harder it gets, the more he'll complain, the better he'll be. Um, and if it is a grind and we do finish at three under, whatever it is, which I think we will, Hatton's going to be in the top 10 and you just need that extra roll of the dice to finish in the top five. So, yeah, I think this is a huge chance for Hatton. I think the Open, obviously, is one and I think this is his next best chance. I, I think there's a, a case to be made that he's a top five player in the world on form at the moment. Mm. He's he's been unbelievable, like consistency wise. Like it's dating right back to the start of the season. I mean, seventh in Abu Dhabi, sixth at the Phoenix Open, fourth at Bay Hill, second at the Players, third last week, uh, third two weeks ago, fifth last week, nineteenth even at the Heritage is fine, thirty fourth at the Masters is fine. Considering how much he fucking hates he the hates place. It, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he hates everywhere, so maybe that yeah. doesn't mean anything, but. Um, you know, I thought 34th at the Masters was fine for him. So 
I, I, I think when you look back at Tyrrell Hattons, and he, he was one of the reasons I, I kind of looked at him myself, and I've, I'm going to say that about 87 people because I legitimately did do that for quite a long time. But um, yeah, when you when you consider those PJ Championships, two top tens in 2016 and 2018, sixth at the Open. Um, I thought he'd actually played better at a US Open than I can remember. It was sixth at the at the I think it was maybe Belry. I can't remember exactly where it was in 2018. Uh, no, that was Shinnecock. That was the Shinnecock one behind um Bruce Kepka. So I'll get my PGAs and my US Opens mixed up. But he yeah, I think he's great. I think he's a grinder. Um contrary to what he says, he's not shit and he doesn't hate <laughs> everything. So um, I thought there was a case we made for him or Tommy he's, Fleetwood at the moment, the way they're playing. Oh, he's, he's, he's absolutely, I, I think yeah. Hatton, he's actually totally underrated he is. In, in the world of golf. Um, I, I think it's yeah. a lot of what what happened with Homer, that they, they're such a parody of themselves and, and take the piss so much on social media and content and all that sort of stuff that people don't sort of value them for the golfers they are until they do what Homer done one three times in a year. Yeah, he's not, he's not flashy either, is he? You've got everybody no. else that's flashing it and, and, and stopping it within two feet. And hitting 15, 16, 20 under. That's why I was so surprised at what happened the other night. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I just think, you know, if 69, 70 is the par for the round, this Hatton's, it's right up Hatton Street. And yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think he takes the piss. People take the piss and thumbs up, and which is hilarious. Yeah. But you forget, but you forget how he's a great goal for behind and, it. Yeah. And he's, he's former, you know, 7 3 plus. Uh, you know, you've already mentioned, you know, uh, as you say, 10th at Baltus Roll, whatever it's called, 6th yeah. at Shinnecock, 5th at East Lake on, on the Ross design, obviously at Tour Championship, 7th at Houston, and 13th at Southern Hills. Yeah, I, 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 I want it to become, we, I always say it, and I think we all agree that we like we like events that are right bastards to the players. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if it is, then then you, you look at somebody like Bez, Bez and better in, yeah. You look at Christian Bez on certain to- tournaments, um, but on the top grade stuff, the Bay Hills and stuff like that, when it's windy, um, you you have to have Hatton in your top five. Why not? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely get it. And like I said, I, I thought I I think the beneficiaries of of this um, elevated event so far on the PGA Tour has been these players that are on the fringe of going back and forth between the Europe and the PGA, like. Hatton and Fleetwood, I think, are playing a lot more consistently. I don't know if this is actually true or not, but it seems that way um, on the PJ tournament because of these reasons. So um, that's that's what I think. But one player that's abandoned the PJ tour, Brad, and your second uh, live golf pit, we'll, we'll be careful oh, as we get we'll get live thrown out. Said, yeah, we'll be thrown out as live bots if you carry on. But um, <laughs> yeah, Joaquin Neiman for you at yes, uh, uh, seventeen to one, seventy one now. I think he's. But yeah, his price has come in a bit. Um, but yeah, he's, he's appeared to have turned a bit of a corner recently. Obviously, he had that 16th at the Masters, which was brilliant. Um, actually, parted really well that day. Oh, that event, sorry. Um, then he had this boy now in Adelaide, as we said, how valuable is this form on the live? We don't, it's debatable. Uh, but then he followed it up with a 10th in Singapore and 8th last week in Tulsa, hit the ball really well. 10th uh, in driving distance, 9th in driving accuracy, 3rd in greens and regulations, ball striking is good. And uh, similar to what Brooks was saying in his press conference, I imagine the most important thing would be just to see the game sort of come together, treat it as a tune-up. He opened with a 64, shot 70 in the second round and closed with a 65. Obviously, Oak Hill will be a completely different ball game, um, but we've seen uh, Neiman in the past. He does enjoy a tough test. He won in ridiculous style at Riviera. Of course, you can see some similarities with Oak Hill. Lots of long irons and greenside uh, trouble. 
uh, third and sixth at Murphy Village, another lengthy course. Again, plenty of trouble off the tee, uh, tricky around the small bent grass greens. Um, second and fifth at the Detroit Club, uh, Donald Ross design. Um, and his breakthrough PGA Tour win was at Old White TPC, which was also on bent grass greens. So these are all like interesting pointers to suggest that he might enjoy Oak Hill. Um, like we already know, he's an exceptional driver of the ball, carries it far, which is a massive advantage at this course. Bent grass seems to be his preferred surface, and I feel as though he's sort of trended into form at the right time. And as we've said, it's it's tough to know what to expect from the live golfers at this stage. Um, but if the live players continue to be denied uh, world ranking points from these, um, like they're going to treat these majors so really important. They're going to be like it's going to be everything. It's the only way they can improve their ranking and qualify for future majors. And um, Neiman in particular has no exemptions uh, to keep him qualified. So I feel that's only going to motivate him even more to go well this week. And yeah, I just feel like at the prices, of, he's uh, he's a good each way bet this week. I think if he if he wasn't on the live tour, he'd be one of the most bet players this week. I think just <laughs> just looking at his skill set, the way he drives the ball, he's got that kind of sneaky power like Hovland that you don't necessarily expect when they they step up on the tee. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's got it all. I mean, I, I, I liked Neiman a lot last season. I must admit, I've been put off a little bit by him not playing in, on the PJ Tour and not knowing yeah. what, you know, statistically what he's doing. I think I think when you see, I think the difference between seeing someone like Brooks Kepka, who you just know is an absolute major machine and whatever, as long as he's fit and playing well, then back him. I think with Neiman and people like that, you do need to see the intricacies of proper stats and things like that. So that mm-hmm. would be my slight hesitation on him. But otherwise, I think that, the skill set's perfect. He's probably 20 points bigger than, than he would be if he was on the PJ Tour and, and in middling form. So um, yeah. absolutely fine with Joaquin Neiman there. Makes makes a ton of sense. Um, before we get on to Justin Rose, uh, one of my picks has now come in. There is still 100 to 1 in the place for Gary Woodland, but 80 to 1 is one of the general prices around with more places. So basically, about 10 p.m. last night, I convinced myself that Justin Rose was going to win the, the 2023 PJ Championship. And by 11 a.m. this morning, Gary Woodland had won it. So um, the way he's like the way he's striking the ball is unbelievable. Like it's probably better than he did when he won that 2019 um, U.S. Open at Pebble. He's only got three top 15 finishes this season, but one of them was at the Masters, uh, which is best ever finish at Augusta. Ninth at Riviera and another one at Quail Hollow finished 14th. He was third and first in his last two starts in T to green. I think the fact that he, he was so good on those, you know, small greens in Pebble Beach in 2019 is a bonus. He had a top 10 finish at Brookline last year. Um, back-to-back top eight finishes in this event, 2018-2019. PJ, we've talked about Beth Page Black. Um, to me, that tough PJ Championship in New York, he shot the best of the day, final round 68 as well to crack the top 10. And when you look at the fact, despite the fact that he's not really had the finishes you want from Gary Woodland going into an event, this season he ranked 10th in strokes game approach, 10th strokes games off the tee, 22nd tee screen, 8th in driving distance and 12th in total driving. He's also 3rd in approaches above 200 yards, 5th in approaches 200 to 225, 7th in approaches 250 to 275, which isn't going to be very often. But he also ranks 11th from 150 to 175 as well. So even his sort of mid, mid irons are great as well. So it's the only thing, and it's, it's a massive elephant, is the fact that he can't part. No. Um, but I just, I just think, as I said at the start of the show, 
you take the bad putters. It's going to be it's going to be mitigated because they're smaller greens. We saw what happened when there were smaller greens in a, in a U.S. Open side event. He won it. Um, I don't think he's playing as well as he was obviously then, but the ball striking is, and that's the main thing. And I think any time you can get Gary Woodland striking the ball as well as he is in a tough test like this one, we've seen it at Bethpage Black how well he played. We've seen it at Brookline last year. I just I think he's playing well at all the right places. Played great at the Masters. Really didn't expect that. Ninth at Riviera, 14th at Quail recently. Um, absolutely love Gary Woodland, and he's he's played well in a couple of other places as well, which just really really spoke to me. So he he's coming to hundred to one best price now. Um, but I guess time for what I considered originally uh, the main event, which is Justin Rose. Um, I just don't get it. I do not understand why he's 125 to one. He was, I think, 66 to one for the Masters, maybe 80s at best at one point. Uh, and I was really keen on him there. Didn't do an awful lot wrong. I think he went into the final round in, inside the top 10, and you know he finished 16th in the end. Um, but but he didn't really do an awful lot wrong. He was right in the places for the whole time. Since winning at Pebble Beach, he's been sixth at the Players. He's had a 16th in the Masters. He was 25th at the Heritage, where he was second after 36 holes. He played well enough at the Valspar. I don't think the kind of form is being looked at as much as it should be. I think it is the, the classic tour tips hidden form not to speak about. Like the sixth of the players obviously sticks out. The Valspar sticks out as a, as a middling result. But you look at 16th of the Mars and think he was never in it, but he was never really outside the places for most of the week. The 25th at the Heritage is about as bad as he could have done after being second after 36 holes. Four top 10 finishes in uh, PGA Championships in the past. He's not finished worse than tied 29th over the past four years in this event. Then you start to look at the Donald Ross stuff, which I haven't really touched upon. I know you both kind of mentioned it a couple of times now. Uh, but he's a winner and a runner-up at a Runnemink Golf Club. So he won it when it was the AT&T National. He lost in a playoff to Keegan Bradley, which I still haven't forgiven him for because uh, I had him doubled with Fitzpatrick on that day. Um, that's in Pennsylvania. He's merry on win coming Pennsylvania, both in the kind of northeast area of, of the country. He then comes to the fact he was 6th and 16th at Plainfield at Donald Ross Design in New Jersey. He's got two runner-up finishes at Eastlake. Everything kind of correlates really nicely for that. Go to Pinehurst, number two in 2014 US Open. He was 12th. Shinnecock, he was 10th uh, in 2018. That was in New York as well. So to me, the way Justin Rose is playing is... It's quite ridiculous. And I said in my kind of, I'll just check a thing that it's not going to be as shocking as Phil Mickelson winning in 2021, but it does feel a little bit last chance saloon for Justin Rose. And I think he's really motivated. I think that he's building his schedule around majors, even in these designated event era. Uh, he's playing well, playing better than he's probably getting credit for. And I think he deserves a tremendous amount of kind of respect for how he's built his game back, like Jason Day's getting, like Fowler's getting. Um, and at 125 to one, I think it's ludicrous. So, Jason, over to you to add whatever I've missed on Justin Rose. No, I, I, I think you've pretty much covered it. I, I never forget the uh, US Open at Merion. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did have a huge bet on Mickelson. Right? Yeah. But um, that's not the reason. It was it was an absolutely ridiculous tournament. How hard, hard that was. And I've I've and again I've never forgotten Rose. I, I say I've said it a few times. I don't know if he still does it, but he said. If he makes the four rounds, if he's in 28th place, he plays the final round as if he was in contention. Now, I've yeah. no idea if he still does it. He doesn't need to. He's got a lot going on as well outside of the game. Um, but I, I think it, if he does, then the, the, the rewards are there and you can see it this year. He's back into the um, 
top 35 or whatever in the world now, isn't he? Yeah. Which is obviously his lowest ranking for four years because of the win. Um, everything he does, everything he does is absolutely... We know he actually can score. He can score low and he can grind. Um, but yeah, I, you've covered it. And uh, my only problem with with Rose being up front is Butch Harmon going, yeah, out of boy, Rosie. Um, <laughs> that is my only problem. But if he's on, I'll mute it. Um, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, bang on. He's absolutely back in form and he's totally underrated. Three figures is absolutely nonsense. If only because that then has a knock-on effect on top 10 and top 20 prices. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think him and Hatton are cracking bets for top uh, GB in Ireland or whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it'd be nice to know what conditions are like before they actually play. But again, rather like Hatton, if it's going to be ridiculous, Rose is going to plot his way around here, no problem. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, love it at three figures. Yeah, I, I don't. I just, I just don't get it. He's literally double the price he was for Augusta. It's far too big. It's far too and big. Do you think, do you think regardless? Sorry, I was going to say. Do you think regardless of how he performs this week, he'll be a shoe in for the Ryder Cup? Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't know how you leave him out. Regardless of how he performs. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you know we're both on Rose and, and Woodland, mm. but at the same price, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd rather be on Rose. I think mm. Rose deserves to be twenty points shorter than Woodland personally. Yeah. And I didn't actually come to you for any more spill on Woodland, did I, either? But can you give us any more spill on Woodland? Okay. Um, no, he's, I don't, I don't give him a mensa test, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Um, no, he's, <laughs> um, I think, I think I don't know if you mentioned it, it don't, probably doesn't make any difference. I love the fact that he's uh, top 10 uh, for sub 100 yard approaches and 200 plus yard approaches, yeah. Yeah. which means that however they play these, and Brad brought it up about the bunkers and, and you have to be 350 or whatever it's to cover them. Whether they're going to lay up or whether they go for it, he seems to he seems to cover all bases. So, yeah, he's another one. I think I think is, yeah, I think he's huge. Um, not t- I'm not as confident as he will do well as as Rose. And again, it is because of the short game. Um, but yeah, both at treble figures are it's just just doesn't make sense to me. To be honest, I, I was just a mate. Like I think Woodland will be more popular this week because you can see the statistics in front of you in terms of tee to green and approach and all that sort of stuff. And, and like you said, he's he's great on those short approaches and the really long approaches, which stands out. But like just looking at Justin Rose, like you go to data golf and tour tips and everything like that. It's just consistently gaining on approach every single time. Um, Farmers gains, Pebble Beach gains, Genesis gains. He's, he's, gained, he's gained in everything for seven, eight weeks. Um, you know, he, has, he didn't gain an approach at the American Express. That's the only time. And that's actually also one of only two times he's not game with a putter. So it's been off the tee that's let him down at Bay Hill at Riviera when he missed the cut. Uh, I guess the fact that maybe he's not as long uh, anymore. I mean, not that he's not as long, but like when he was at his best, you didn't need to be a 320-yard driver, and now you do. Um, That would probably be the only place I'd give Gary Woodland the edge is the fact that he's got that kind of um, unrelenting power that, that maybe Rose doesn't have anymore. But... I just don't get it. I literally double the price as he was at the Masters, and he was top 10 going into the final round there. He was second going into the weekend at the Heritage, uh, where he gained on approach and around. He gained everything at Heritage, uh, only slightly off the tee. But to me, yeah, I love Rose, and, and I'm going to talk myself into another Rose win probably until uh, yes. Rose major win until I die. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Do you know but, what? Win or, win or lose or whatever, Tom, it's, it's too big, and that's mm. it. it's finished. It doesn't matter what happens. 
he's too big, and that's it. Yep. I think that's all our all our official picks uh, done. Um, I guess the best thing here would be to summarise our cards so that everyone knows exactly who we're picking, um, and then we can kind of talk. Maybe, uh, Jace, we might let you go, and then me and Brad might just talk about a couple of the longer shots that maybe we left out. But um, I'll go first. So for my official PGA Championship picks, uh, Victor Hovland's in there at 28 to 1. Max Homer, there is a 40 to 1, but I'm going to take the 35 to 1 with more places. Uh, Gary Woodland, 100 to 1 with seven places is great. Uh, 80 to 1 with bigger places is fine if you want to take that as well. Um, and then Justin Rose, 125 to 1, eight places is utterly ridiculous. Probably my favourite bet of the week. Um, Brad, I'll come to you for PGA Championship picks. I've got Brooks Kepka. I've actually taken him in the free place market this week, which is very bold. This is uh, one to four with bet three, six, five each way. Actually, you can get 25 to one. Yeah. Or you can take 22 to one, seven place of uni, but I just think he's going to win there. So, or if he doesn't lose the playoff, then uh, Patrick Cantlay, 22 to one, uh, eight places betway is the best, but I don't know if that's there or not. I'm saying on odds checker or 18 to one, 10 places Paddy Power. And then I didn't, I, I didn't I didn't say Patrick Cantley by the way, which I was also in on at 18 to 1. Sorry, Brad. That's all right. Uh then Joaquin Neiman, um again, I think 80 to 1 or 75 to 1, Betway or 888 Sport. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And Jace, your picks for the PJ Championship. Uh Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, uh Decky, Hatton, Rose, and Woodland. And just before I go, if you don't mind, yeah. right? Yeah, I will say, I will say for anyone that's listening who doesn't know about this. Um, smartbettingclub.com which is a um, sort of reviewer of, of top tipsters we haven't made it into the betting, favourite betting podcast but there is a there is a little box there if you want to type in lots of words that'd be great but people who have made it our own Brad who's fantastic I, I couldn't believe it yeah, you're, you're in uh, what uh, betting expert yeah or sports tipster can't remember which one whatever it doesn't matter there's 12 categories to vote in but um, I don't get my selections for free, which I didn't understand. <laughs> Smartbettingclub.com, 2023 awards. Brad's up there for either sports tips or something. It won't take long to find it. Give him a vote if you've had any sort of... I appreciate it, Jason. On the, on the women's sort of zebra-crossing tournament. And, <laughs> you know, some bizarre flipping island. Yeah, that's the one. Iceland. Yeah, right. So give him a vote for that. And also, um, data resource. If you use Tour Tips, who we obviously support, on this if you've used it and i know that stan is adding stuff all the time to that site but if you've ever used it it's costing you like nothing a year just give them a little um vote on the uh data resource vote as well and obviously lost for words if you want to write that in the box on the uh, podcast that we might actually get some recognition next year that'd be great as well yeah i think i think the the extra uh the extra typing might put some people off but the certainly as you say pick brad there um and and the tortoise one particularly because i think one thing we don't necessarily get to because we're, we're covering golf tournaments and things like that, we always mention the resource that we use. It's the reason that we find the data that we do and the reason that we pick out the winners that we do. But I also think that there's probably room for like people messaging us and, and suggesting kind of improvements for the site that they want or things that they think are missing because we'll pass it on. Like we're, we're in contact with, with Stanley. We speak to him a lot. Um, we, we obviously have our own things that we want added to the site and things like that. And he's constantly looking to refresh the site looking to add things to it um and you know we can only pass the things on so i don't think that suggestions won't get listened to i think pass them on and, and certainly sign up is is the main takeaway for both of those things there so 
Jason, we thank you as ever for another major preview. We're going to let you go and have your 10 o'clock dinner or whatever it is that you, you do at this time of night and write six other columns. Um, but thank you as ever for joining us. Cheers, yeah, cheers, Tom. Uh, cheers, Barry. Good luck this week, yeah. And I can't wait to listen to the rest of this show tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, all five minutes of it that's probably still remaining. But uh, thank no you very much, Jason. All cheers. right. See you later. Cheers. Good night, yeah, I think I think for us, Brad, like the only thing I wanted to cover that, you know, just before letting sort of Jason go was or after letting Jason go, sorry, was maybe some of the players that we didn't quite get to that we thought potentially worth looking at. So mm-hmm. there was I was loaded in that kind of thirty five to one, forty to one section where I thought well, that twenty section alone is just yeah, so strong. It's, it's I mean, really Cameron tough. Young. Cameron Young is not getting talked about at all. He's not. I actually think that's all right, though. Like, I think, I think, I think, yeah. it's, a, I think it's a really good course for him, and it's close to home. So I think it's a great um, course, and I think that... Um, and again, as you were going with Hovland, yeah. uh, great great major record. Yeah, so I think I think the thing for me was, like, whereas Hovland's at least got the wins, and he's kind of, like, it's new to him that he's got into the final group at St Andrews, it's new to him he's been penultimate group at Augusta, and he's kind of almost trending in a new direction. Maybe Cameron Young is a little bit of a victim of his own success that like he hasn't improved this year. Like a seventh for the Masters wasn't an improvement on the fact that he was second and third or whatever he was in majors last year. And mm-hmm. he hasn't looked any more likely to win a PGA tournament as he had last year. So that would be my only uh, only downside to him. And I, I just thought that his odds haven't moved. Like I, I thought it was weird that he no, was... No, I, I actually expected to see him a bit bigger as well. I think that's yeah. why a lot of people put off. I thought it'd be around like the 33s. If, if, he, was, if he was 35s or 40s, he's going to be probably the most pit player of the week. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just the fact that he's 25 and 28, probably the same price. But you can't, back. you can't, you just go a little bit shorter and grab a fee now, don't you? You do. Yeah, you take your fee now, you take, there's going to be people taking Thomas, so I've taken Hovland. I think Hovland's actually not going to be that popular because of the chipping thing, but like, mm. I, and I do get that. Like, I, I think that Cameron Young's all-round game might be yeah. better. I mean, Fitzpatrick's someone we didn't touch upon at all no, tonight. No, no, well, so that was one I was going to mention. Like, he's... Oh, there you go. I think that top English market is like a ridiculous heat. Like, you've got and I'm going to take. I don't, even, I don't even know if I want to get involved in that market. <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm going to take Rose because he's like ten to one in a however many man runner it is, and I think he can win it. But like, it's Fitz, Hatton, Fleetwood, all banging form. Um, and yeah. and Rose there as well as a, a kind of. Fitz has just won a major. I mean, he's <laughs> he's going to be coming into this site full of confidence. Um, and he's obviously RGC heritage as well. Uh, it's. And he's got the game added distance. It's just, it's all just feels like it could be a Fitz, Fitz course. Or well, it's interesting because Fitz of old would have suited the old Oak Hill, and the Fitz of new perfectly suits this one. So maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so true. that's so true. Either way, he's a, he's a strategist, isn't he? And he's going to suit it. Yeah. Like you still need to proper think your way around this course, and I think it will suit him. Yeah, absolutely. Another couple of people I, I looked at, I looked at Adam Scott. I think you look at PJ and US Opens in tough conditions. I think Adam Scott's mm-hmm. name will come up an awful lot. He's obviously back to form with bookend 63s, as I referenced earlier. I thought was huge. Uh, Corey Connors, great driver of the golf ball, 100 to 1. Thought was interesting. Uh, couldn't is. quite get there in the end. Russell Henley's playing really well, but don't know if I trust him what, for this sort of how event. How do you feel about Wyndham Clark? Like, I mean, coming yeah. off the Yeah, so, th- so this was interesting. Like, I think you, you, I, this is a definite like wait and see, I guess, because 
yes, there's the danger you wait and see, and he goes and plays really well in this, and then suddenly he's short for the others. But is he going to get much shorter than 66 or thereabouts for a major championship at the end of the year? I just, I, I wonder if we're being asked to take the absolute shortest price. If you price. look at his past six results, I yeah, mean, all they're ridiculous. A couple, of them, a couple yeah. of them have been the Classic and the Corollas and stuff like that. But I mean, he has been incredibly consistent. That he's probably thinking now. Do you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to tackle the majors. Um, and I, 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 he he was someone I was very tempted with in that price range. Um, I mean, obviously, Neiman, I went there in the end. I mean, Tom Kim's another one. He's probably just going to plot his way around and finish top 20. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, but yeah, Wyndham Clark, he's got the he's got the power and he's got uh, a new lease of life after winning. You, you don't know how it's going to how it's going to go. No, I think I think so. To me, like it's one of those ones where I don't know how a player's. It's a bit like a, I suppose maybe like a Tom Hoagie after winning at Pebble or, or whatever. You think, okay, they finally achieved what they've been working on for four or five years. Is that going to be a, a big weight off their shoulders? Mm-hmm. Are they then determined to go to the next stage, or are they like, you know, okay, I've done what I need to do. Now I can kind of build, and it might take two or three years to become a major contender. Or is he just going to, as you say, go straight into it and? suddenly be like, you know, full yeah. of confidence, full of really beans, top gauge, 10. Isn't it? it's um, really it's, it's, all I would say is his skill set's great. Like he's, His skill set fits, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I, if it wasn't for the fact that I was so high on Woodland and Rose and I was looking for an outsider, he, he would probably have been in that kind yeah. of group, I think. Um, another one I thought was interesting for maybe like top 20s and things like that, I thought Seamus Power was quite big at 200 to one yeah i was on him last week he he came with a late run and yeah, yeah he's sneaky good at he, he, bogey avoidance um he's very consistent all around his game you know I just, uh, he's certainly someone i didn't consider but i can see why people would go there there's too many people in that range that i liked so it didn't take any of them in the end no 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 he's played five majors so 2022 Tied 27th for the Masters, tied 9th for the PGA, tied 12th for the US Open. So he's two out of the four last year. He missed the Kanye Open. Two out of the four last year, he's been top 20. The Masters, he obviously had an opportunity to be top 20. He finishes seven places out. Finished 46th at the Masters, which wasn't that great. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, you can't do well every week. And it just looks like after... So he went on a decent run, didn't he? He was 15th for Pebble, 20th at the Phoenix, 14th for Genesis. Then he struggled. He went... Um, 72nd at the Bay Hill, miscut players, pretty disappointing in the match play. But he just seems to have got a new lease of life. Quail Hollow was great, 18th, 19th for the Byron Nelson. He's kind of mixed it in tough conditions and easy scoring conditions. So to me, uh, I thought he was interesting only for a top 20. I don't really, maybe even yeah. like a top 40 at the price that he is. Um, but I, I was interested in that. And then it was kind of like who drives the ball well? Um, that, that can kind of just have a you know spike performance. Cameron Davis is a massive oh, driver. Davis, yeah. Kurt Kitayama. Uh, and then the and other then person that off the, the tee. No, <laughs> so it, but that definitely makes sense as well. But the one person I saw that was like gaining a decent amount off the tee recently, um, I have no idea how he's going to set up for this type of event. He's probably he's not the biggest of hitters. So, but um, Hayden Buckley has been great off the tee recently yeah, um, brilliant ball striker in general yeah. yeah like he gained a ton um you know nearly a stroke off the tee at the heritage when he was fifth um 0.77 at valero over a stroke at the players when he missed the cut 
um you know off the tee is he's consistently gaining like you have to you can't even go back in his recent history where he hasn't gained off the tee so um I think he I think he's great he hits it far enough like I don't think he's the, the longest hitter out there but he's certainly no, uh, no, he's more than the top average yeah right. yeah so um I thought Hayden Buckley was interesting alongside uh Cam Davis only in the sense of like just pure skill set like obviously Cam Davis has got that win on um Donald Ross at the Rocket Mortgage mm-hmm. as well I just didn't think they necessarily had anything about them to really threaten the top eight and that's why I didn't bother um, looking or even top 10 really for places. But if we're just looking at top 20s and things like that, yeah. um, that's maybe where I'd go on those. I like it. I mean, I, 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 I mean I'm very interested in some of the Europeans because obviously the climate, the way it looks like, though, it could be like European sort mm. of weather, what they're used to. It might suit them. You know, it's going to be really cold in the mornings. Um, and I do like uh, Ollison. I feel like he could be like top 40 or something. You know, he's got the experience as well. He's a yeah, massive he's price as well. Like he's priced like he's like not a good golfer, isn't he? Like I know he's yeah, he's no, not he proven PJ and so he's like four hundred and fifty to one. It's quite bizarre. Yeah. And this is someone that's shown up in the majors in the past. Yeah, and he's I just feel like he he would welcome the grind as well. Yeah. And he has that like sort of head on his shoulders to deal with it. He I I, I can really see him finishing in the, the top four year and at four hundred and fifty to one. I imagine we're gonna get a good number about that, maybe like a five to one or a six to one possibly. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's the only one I feel pretty confident that I'm going to take at the moment. And then there's so many others that I'm sort of considering top 20, like Harris English, another one who's been showing signs. Um, Likes this sort uh, of event as well, doesn't he? He does. He really does. Um, obviously, he hasn't been as good off the tee, but his approach game has been really, really good recently. And Keegan Bradley, another one, but I think he's just going to be too short at top 20. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be that confident enough to take him there but yeah I, I do I do feel as though some of these uh, big hitting Europeans could surprise this week um, so Marunk as well I just previously mentioned coming off the win the Italian Open he could he could surprise again I'd only be looking at top 30 top 40 um, but yeah I feel like they, they fit the profile of what I'm expecting this week so they could be um, players to target yeah, no, I like it. I like it a lot. It's um, it's one of those tournaments. Like, I think it's hard once you're really honed in on those kind of top selections. It's hard to look at these ones and and try and make a case for them. I just I happen to look at the top twenty market. Obviously, look to top English for Justin Rose and things like that. And you know, like I just I come down this year and I thought like Thomas Peters at three hundred to one. I thought was huge. Like yeah, he I mean, Burmester as Burmester yeah. as well. Big price. Peters but, big price. Yeah. Yannick Paul have been betting him every week at twenty to one on the. On the DP World Tour, maybe I should be back in a four and a twenty. It's all in perspective, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, it does show you what difference is like the bridge is a gap of quality. I think it, it, you don't yeah. realise because Thomas Peters was a twelve to one favourite every week on the on the DP World Tour, went to live and he's now three hundred to one. Jordan Smith sub twenty, yeah. nice four hundred to one. Yeah, like I, I think that probably says more about the level of competition um, than it does. Um, yeah their quality because oh. they're obviously undeniably good golfers um some of them have done it on the biggest yeah, stage proving it in the on the big consistently stage, isn't it, it? It's, it's the consistency yeah. factor uh, i think they can all spike top 10 top 8 finish um nikolai hoygaard one of the biggest hitters out there like you know there's no reason yeah. why he'd struggle with it it's i don't know it's tough um i do feel as though some of them are going to surprise this week it's just about knowing which one and i don't know if they'll finish in the top 10 
but um but yeah i think the 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 place to take them is uh in the placement markets for sure yeah i'll just i just think there's, there's definitely going to be some value in those top 20 top 40 markets there's going to be different definitely. ways you can do it um you can look at you know top bloody continent in europe i know, you, I know you've had a look at the top um categories so far i haven't even touched upon them but yeah, as I said, I think I will have to give that a miss. I know you're big on Rose this week, so I can understand why you would double down on him in that market. And I think he is value. Um, yeah. I just I just feel like that's a minefield. Completely. It is. I like, like all of them. It, I, he I he could literally finish eighth and lose that market. That's that's yes, the obvious exactly, concern. Exactly. Like Fleetwood, you can make a case for all of them. Like you really could. It's it's a toughie. I haven't, as I said, I don't need to go into it because I haven't even looked at them. But yeah, even the top Danish market might be quite interesting. With Olesen's the the dog in that market over um, Rasmus well, I, and Nikolai. I was going to say, like, if Hovland's going to disappoint, he's probably not bad in the top Scandinavian market and things like that as well. So yeah, uh, there's plenty. I suppose you're you're also on the the second major championship of the week at uh, the Walton Heath. US Open qualifying in the morning. Have you oh, heard that? oh, of course. Yeah, starting tomorrow, 36 hours. Cannot wait. Yeah, if only yeah. There, I could watch it somehow. But, well, yeah. Just get, yeah. get yourself down to Walton Hills, mate, and have a, have a watch. But um, oh, yeah, be, I, really. did, I did have a look at Clemens Sorday for that 40 to 1. He's played well. Um, oh, funnily, funnily enough, I did back Clemens Sorday. There you go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of 16th place finish in the British yeah. Masters in 2018, didn't he? So. He did, like and he and he he was playing excellent before last week, and he shot seventy seven, and then retired yeah. at a sixty five. So yeah, I it's, think it's there. He's been playing brilliantly recently, and as you said, he's got that he's got that form at Walton Heath. So yeah, plus, plus the thirty six hole factor probably suits him. He hasn't got to play four four rounds, has he? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, I like that. I think that's yeah. This is actually a really decent event, like a, it's a strong field. field. It's, it's better than yeah. what we get in an actual DP World Tour event. But um, and the value about is, I know it's thirty-six holes, but good lord, I mean, yeah, I'll probably lose a few pounds. Oh, you could you could easily waste about uh god about fifty quid quite easily just having a laugh with this. You know, if you want, just throwing random bets around because to be fair, there are so many appetising options and with six places with Boyle. Um, that's really there's, some live, there's some lively long shots. I thought it was really surprising that like, Skybet always sort of priced these things out. When Boyle just randomly popped up on Odds Checker as pricing this so thing up, random. they're so yeah. random with these events. Like, they were like last week, they priced up the Irish amateur. I mean, I suppose they're an Irish bookie, so I can kind yeah. of understand that, but I, I love it when they do it. But then they don't hold prices, which is no. the most frustrating thing ever. I suppose you can understand when those people pile on at once, but. It's just uh, sometimes I wonder why you price them up if you can't take a price. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. There we go. So that's the, the age question, really, isn't it? But a couple mm. of others in that 40 to 1 range. Tom Lewis has played well at the British Masters. Jens Dan Top played so well last week. Uh, he could carry that on. Oh, 40 to 1. I thought they were quite interesting. Yeah, and Forstrom as well, who is. The 33s, quali- isn't he? Yeah, and is the qualifying king. He came yeah. through that way. So. He's going to always be a danger. And he see, did you see his interview afterwards? He's very robotic. It uh, he right. doesn't show no real emotion. And I just feel like he's just going to go into the this qualifying and just like, you know, no, I doubt he even had a beer afterwards. You know, it just <laughs> sounded like he just, you know, just got the job done sort of yeah. thing. And he's, I just feel as though he's just you know, business as usual. He's going to show up tomorrow and just... Uh, all out. I, 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 you just don't know, but I could. I wouldn't be surprised. Is what I'm trying to say. 
No, no, absolutely like it. Um, Brad, that's probably enough for us. I think we, we've covered a lot there. Um, we won't be, I know we did for the Masters, we did that kind of um, Wednesday show, didn't we, where we, we went through some of the side markets. But that was kind of why we wanted to have this little bit at the end here. Because yeah, we won't be able to do that. We've covered quite a bit there, yeah. Yeah, like I, I think I think ultimately, like I'm really, whereas the Masters, I think there's, there's a lot more trends that you can look at and, and those placement markets come into factor a lot more. Like I've really wanted to hone in and it took me an awful long time to really, um, make my picks and again uh, I even missed out putting Patrick Cantlay on, on my uh, final selections at the end here so I will run through them again it was Patrick Cantlay at 18 to 1 um, Victor Hovland at 28 to 1 uh, Max Homer at 35 to 1 Gary Woodland at 100 to 1 and, and Justin Rose at 125 because that's how long it's taken me like it's been a really really drawn out process of yeah, making these tough. picks this week I, I thought this was the hardest one in recent memory I definitely. Um, and who's the one that you? Who was the one that you left out that you feel like, oh crap, if he wins? Um, I guess because I was so keen on Thomas for a period of time, if he won, I'd feel a bit stupid. But I who's think sorry? I left Justin Thomas. Thomas, Thomas but, yeah, yeah. but I do think I left him out for valid reasons. Like I don't think he's quite playing well enough. So maybe yeah. Hatton. Like I think he's playing so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Finau would be the one for me, just because yeah. it's right in front of you. There's just this. Obviously, he's just got, uh, Jason said it all, really. He's, he's got it all there. He's been playing excellently across the board. Of, it's just whether he can do it on the major stage. I, I just, we know he can, but as in, can he get over the line? And it's just picking between Charfelet, Cantlay and Fina. And it yeah. was just a difficult task. I, 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 just, just, I just think they're the same player. Like, not the same player. No, I know. Really they all like... pretty much are. They're, they're elite. Yeah. And that's why they are elite, because you can't really pick between they, they they don't really have much of a weakness and no. they show up at majors and uh but yeah they are the free play. i know we've had this debate about Finau in the past <laughs> about being a league we won't get into that right now um no. but yeah i do put him in that category just because i feel as though he is good uh, exceptionally good in every area of the game um when he's at his best so anyway I'm digressing. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good to have that discussion. It was good to point out who we, you know, we were thinking about why, why we probably didn't go there in the first place. I think, I think a lot of it just comes down to there's only so many you can bet. Like that 18, like you said, yeah, that 18 yeah, to 21 range was huge. And um, I, I think from from between, like I will make a counter argument to every single one of the top three in one way or another. Maybe Sheffield will be the hardest, but Ram. I'll, I'll make my counter for Rory. I don't really get at all. So, um, whereas like if someone says they're picking, go on, mate. No, no, no. I was just going to say on Rory, like I, I can't argue with anyone if they feel strongly like, about Ram or Scotty. Uh, I, I would edge Ram this week, but I feel like Rory. I did actually obviously have a look at because of the ties to the the course, the area, and I just I feel as though he could show up. Like, I, I just have this feeling, but you can't just go off your gut and feelings in this game. You have to have something. And when you've got players at 20, 20, 20 to 1, 25 to 1, who have been playing a, a lot better, uh, you just have to ignore him at 12 to 1. But I just feel as though he could surprise. Oh, it won't be a surprise because he's now the, the renovations to the course. Mm. It's, it's just suits his game to a T. Um, and I mean, he even finished eighth, didn't he? Uh, 2013, when yeah. he said the course really didn't suit him. But, I mean, he knows the course, the back of his hand. Um, so I, he could just be grinding, playing at the course nonstop, you know, 
on the break and he might just he might just start this week of course he's Rory McIlroy I'm not saying that's like some sort of breakthrough statement but <laughs> I just feel as though as Ram was the third in the um in the at the Masters wasn't he, he was um third in the, the odds yeah and there's Rory McIlroy sitting third in the odds at 12 to 1 I, I, and I just yeah, felt I just felt with Rory, I was really against him at the Masters, and he's done nothing to prove me. Like, yeah, there's just like, too many questions. There's yeah. too many question marks over his game. Like, he, he finished 47th at Quail Hollow, and he gained over a stroke around the green. He was a marginal gainer off the tee, very marginal, and lost on approach. Lost on approach in the Masters, lost around the green, lost on putting at the Masters, gained wonderfully off the tee. I just think that that match play effort is really papering over some cracks of a miscut of the players, miscut of the, the, the Masters and 47th at Wells Fargo. And yeah. then 32nd of Phoenix, 29th of Riviera. Like, even when he's been hitting his irons well, he's not getting the results. So it's not it's not all there, is it? It's just no. not. And, and again, like you said, like, I, I don't I don't need to go fully against him because he'll make you look stupid. But like, it, it's very easy to. To oppose, I just found it very easy to oppose him. Like if he was, yeah. if he was eighteen twenty to one because he really did lose like massive amounts of form, then I'd say actually, <laughs> I'd yeah. rather just take a chance on him that he can just pull it out of the hat. But there's mm. still this expectation that he's actually playing well enough to win. And yeah, see, so I was actually, uh, I was actually drafting up cards with ways in which I could take him and stuff. Like that. So I was actually considering him very early on. Um, and then I came to the conclusion it's just it's 12 to 1, you know, 14 to 1, I think, when I was first looking at him. And even then, not tempting enough. And there's, as as we've already said, there's just too many question marks over his game at the moment. So, yeah, you just got to ignore it. And as I, there's so many great options in the 18 to 20, 28 up to 30 range, yeah. you know, that you could just take. You were playing so much better. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Brad, I think we've uh, I think we've gone as far as we can. No, we'll be here all night otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we will. I mean, we could carry on like uh, quite easily, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get this out. Uh, we'll get our picks out, and I think ultimately we've we've come we've done the hard jobs. We've put in the effort, um, and now it's down to them. We can't really do anything else. So uh, yeah. just looking forward to it. I think it'll be a great great tournament, a great course. Well, so. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Be all right, Brad. Thanks as ever, um, mate. And we'll uh, catch up during the week.